Hi, my name is Austin, and this is Dungeons and Dracon Beams. Previously on Dungeons and Dracon Beams, as Zach's neighbors leave their homes and their cars devaricate towards their destinations, there is one commuter missing. Novel sounds echo over the quiet neighborhood, a ringing as a hammer hits an unknown metal, and a hissing as it is remolded and cooled. A crow briefly alights on the roof of the house, interested in the sight of the young boy with the curly blonde hair, and the older pudgy gentleman forging a sword together. If one were more intent on what was happening, they may notice the boy speaking to the crow before it takes off, flying towards the forest. The lintando of the bus tires heralds its arrival at the shops of Wither Green Park. A teen girl with jet black hair falling to one side of her face, revealing a close-shaved side, steps off the bus and casually makes her way around the mall, waiting for the stores to open. When they finally do, she hunts through the racks of clothing, finding exactly what she was looking for with practiced hands. Grabbing a greeting card, she checks out and catches another bus, the one that travels to the northernmost point of the bus system, before continuing into the woods as the crow flies. She disappears from sight, and only the most keen of the animals pick up on what sounds like hoofbeats. The Doppler effect of hoofbeats drawing close, followed by singing, are what announced Dylan's arrival back at Oscar's cabin. Walking into the cabin, Dylan shows off her haul to Aximile, Savannah, and Cameron, clothing bought for their forced guest. Trying to bridge the gap of loss of humanity, they come up with a plan to let her shower and change before they must leave. It is one of the few plans of theirs that goes off without a hitch, more a testament to the willingness of their captive than anything else. It is still a difficult moment as Dylan, disguised as the Lavender Andalite Maitea, closes the door on Katie again, asking once more for her trust and patience. I had not run with another Andalite since being back on the homeworld with my nephew. We used to race through the feeding fields absorbing nutrients. When the grass is still wet with the dew, it sends a pleasant tingly sensation through the body. It is easy to describe as close to the human sensation of taste, although nothing really compares to that. It is the single greatest sensation I have ever experienced. All taste is wonderful, although taste also seems to be one of the great debates amongst the humans. They do not seem to agree on much. This feeling was refreshing, running through the forest with Dylan, even if she was in the body of the Shorvec assassin, Matea. Even if I knew it was not truly Matea. It was still unsettling. Savannah's thoughts disrupted my reflections as we approached what the humans called the Maw, as we approached the Yerk River. The pubescent falsetto of two small children ring out in direct contradiction to the abhorrent language they use to describe the raptors breezing overhead at the Maw. As their small voices cry out, and surely their mother pulls them in closer, scolding them, asking where they heard such filth, two raptors spiral at impossible velocity towards the roof of the Maw letting go of each other at the last moment and swooping over the mall guard, who, seeing a young teen duck into a hallway marked staff only, decided to follow. What the guard did not expect to see as he opened the door was a flash of talons and russet feathers with the whoosh of air as he slammed the door. A chill went down his spine as he realized he just locked that kid out there with those crazy birds. Opening the door, he cried, Get in here! The kid starts arguing with him about being up there, and like, honestly, who even cares if he is up there? Ah. His bosses, that's who. So he appeals to the kid, offers to buy him some coffee at the mall Starbucks. That works. That always works. Starbucks is the weakness of all teens. And also him. It's also his weakness. He chats away with the kid as they walk to the Starbucks and bond. I mean, this seems kind of like bonding, right? 
over the shared love of the best drink from the super secret Starbucks menu, the Doc Ock. Okay, you can't just ask for that. You have to tell them it's eight shots of espresso, eight pumps of cream, and eight syrups. But whatever. Paying for the coffee, it seems like any other day at the mall. Another good deed done. Leaving the kid with his coffee, and it seems some friends that he serendipitously ran into, the security guard walks back to his rounds, not even looking for a thank you. A perfect example of someone suited for this type of work. Following the lead from Katie, the Humanimals gather at the Gap, everyone grabbing items of clothing and heading for the men's dressing room. Bart and Chad blend into the crowds of people pushing past the shops, the mothers pushing strollers, the influx of teens huddled into their cliques looking for something to do while their schools were scrambling to reopen, the dour ones scowling at the outgoing ones who are laughing and joking loudly, a group huddled in the mall cafeteria sharing a Cinnabon. A disheveled man runs past a teen with a handful of napkins wiping icing sugar off his shirt. The man runs into the Zales, having forgotten his girlfriend's birthday until he had checked social media at work. All of the life, the buzz of living, humming around one building, as five children, the only possible thorn in the side of a great subplot to turn this wild tangle of existence into a resource, stand at the entrance to the stronghold of their enemy. As the door slides shut behind them, and the humming of the fluorescent lights begins to fade into the threatening gloom, they descend. And that is quite literally where we are now. My name is Dylan. My name is Cameron. My name is Zach. My name is Savannah. My name is Aximilia Escaluth Estill. We can't tell you where we live. Or our last names. You're all in danger. Very real danger. The Yurks are infesting more people every day. There's too many of them. I'm not even sure if we can win. Oh, we can't win. Try. Maybe we can't. But we can fight. Our only hope is to hold them off until help comes. Who can know how long that will be? We have only one weapon. The Andalite morphing technology. And that's the ability to turn into any creature that we can touch. I still can't believe it. It's insane. I know. We were given this power by a brave ally named Alfangor. 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 Alfangor, who went against his people's wishes. He broke his people's laws. We fight for him. But we also fight for you. And for others. We fight for the entirety of Earth. Yeah, we've gained allies, but Matea. we've lost people along the way, too. We've learned not to trust anyone. Not anyone. Nobody. Anyone. Anyone can be a Yerk. A controller. Even you. Hopefully it matters. So as you all move down this metal plate lined corridor, you start to notice that it's slightly sloped. The walls, they're blank. The hall is only lit by the soft uh, fluorescent lights in the ceiling. There's no doors, there's no windows, no panels in the wall, only the big metal panels that make up the wall. The only crevices seem to be the ones that separate those metal plates. Um, and you guys are walking for a little while. What what happens during this walk? 
I think Dylan is just trying to be like as quiet as possible to see when she can hear things first. Zach's uh, probably just thinking about how to look like a yerk. <laughs> like how to look like someone who's got a yerk in their head. Savannah's walking along quietly and she is trying to just check back at how everybody's doing, especially aware that Dylan and Aximili have never been to this place before. So she's trying to just keep a kind of beat on every single member of the team there, but like, especially once, like if anybody starts to freak out, that's what she's gonna be focused on. You all move down and you're kind of being silent and trying to sneak as much as you can in this pretty much open corridor hallway. Cameron's like head perks up. Did you guys hear that? And he like puts his hand back to to stop Max and Max trips over him and falls in this meadow like it just rings out. You all look back. Max is on the ground and Cameron is like standing over him with his eyes wide and you all just freeze. I guess I guess we just keep walking. Yeah, Savannah will help him stand up. And... Dylan ran through first. Mm-hmm. Is it a single file hallway? Like, how wide is this hallway? You guys could all get, like, next to each other if you really wanted to. You guys carry on after five to six minutes moving slowly. Come to the end of this corridor, or at least the end of where you see the metal wall. This, like, just abruptly leads to a cave entrance. The metal wall stop and it's all rock, dirt, cave. And there's rails on the wall and these vertical tube lights embedded into the wall that glow. It is worth noting that these lights are dim. So like immediately at the cave, it's you're not like, you know, engulfed in the light from the cave. You still have the fluorescent lights above you, but inside the cave, the lights are more dim. Dylan, you hear faint, faint echoes. You can't make out any words. You just hear noises deep, deep in below. Yeah, she's going to turn to the group and be like, shh, I can hear something. We should walk really quietly through here. And then very slowly continue forward. Before, like, Dylan turns to leave, I think Savannah's just going to, at that point, say to everybody, like, remind them again, like, the most important thing is we get out of here. We do not cause a ruckus. We do not cause a disturbance. None of that. We leave, and if somebody gets scared, if somebody needs to go, we turn and we go. Cameron and Max nod. Are we sticking to the outside, like fringe here or are we just trying to mingle with the crowd we're just trying to blend in as much as we can to see what we can see so we got to assess the situation once we get there okay and we want to go in as humans we don't want to go in as anything else humans are what are coming down these hallways i think it's going to give us a chance this cave you walk for about another two minutes and it's also slow 
it leads directly to, to some steps that are carved out of the rock. And as you guys head down, being careful, listening, you get down these steps, it leads to a platform, some more steps, and then another, and then another, and another. And this seems somewhat familiar to Savannah, Zach, and Cameron. You guys keep moving down further and further, and you all come to another opening with a glow coming from it. As you're coming down the steps, you do hear the noises getting louder and louder. There are screams, there's cries, there's grunts, there's sounds you can't place. They all seem to be coming from where this opening is. I think Savannah's gonna take another look back at everybody and see like what everybody's reaction is at this point. I want to do, like, a real brave, sort of easygoing, like, this is fine, outward appearance, even though that is not what Zach is feeling. Uh, Dylan's not trying to hide anything. She is wanting to go toward the noises. Savannah, Max looks determined. Like, he's, like, ready for this. You catch it real quick from Cameron, the hint of, like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, and then... Puffs his chest up, looks at you and shrugs. As you walk up, you see that it leads out to a ledge. And the ledge looks out over a massive cavern filled with the voices and the cries that you can now like hear them. Running through the cavern, you all see a river of silver bubbling liquid that gives off this purplish, a slow pulsing glow from beneath the liquid and a red glow that glows less frequently. And then you hear, gosh, not, and a taxon just squeal. <laughs> so from here, you don't have a view of the whole cavern, but you can, you can see lines of people that lead to the river and they kind of circle in and out as like stalagmites and stalactites that meet columns, if you will. And they're just waiting to get closer to the river. The lines are guarded by Hork-Bajir walking up and down them. And you also see some human guards and they seem to have like batons in their hand. You even see some with Dracon beams. You also see that there's metal bridges that cross over the rivers. And in the middle, there are these platforms that lower closer to the ooze. And on the platforms, you see Hork-Bajir standing with a, a human woman with blonde hair. And as she lowers her head towards the river, it's too far to really see what happens, but you all know what this is. And a few seconds later, the woman's body slacks. And she starts to make noises, small gasps at first, and then pieces of the word help until... She scratches out in fear and, and screams in desperation. The hork grabs her and hands her to a second one that's back up on the bridge who takes her away. And then the man nearby on the computer terminal watches all this, motions to the next person in line, and then a new man with brown hair steps down, repeats the process with the hork on the ledge you all are standing on, there's like more of a natural bridge that leads to 
caged in steps that are metal. These steps aren't carved out of the rock. But that is the only path from here. Caged in? So, like, there's, like, a an arch of, what, chicken wire or something? Yeah, like a fence. Or metal bars? Yeah. Yeah, fence? Okay. I'm looking for two different things, and one is, like, groups of people that are traveling that are not headed to the the Yerk River platform, or, like, in the lines going to or from the river, and then the second is any sort of concentration that looks like it might be a likely place to start to explore for where the visor would be contained. While you're right here on the ledge, your vision is limited. You do see other people carrying things like that will uh, every now and then walk into your field of view. Crates, clipboards, or data pads, stuff like that. As far as anywhere where people could, the viscer may conjugate, there's just a lot of like tunnels that go deeper. As far as what you can see right here, there's nothing that would look like what you're looking for is a designated place for people to kind of meet up. I think Savannah's just going to kind of step back, like from looking a little bit into the cat, like just try to get like inconspicuously back towards them and just saying, looks like the clipboard people would be like the people carrying things might be our best bet. You want to, you all follow them? Yeah, we could grab some stuff to carry for cover. We could see where they're coming from, where they're going. Try that. Is there like a supply thing we could see? I don't know, stacks of crates or anything? Yeah, you see that, like, as you like kind of like peeking around, you do see there are some like crates stacked up along one of the walls and like some just in the middle of the floor. It looks like some people are moving them. <laughs> uh, okay. Does anywhere look like um, it would be easier to grab a clipboard or something from? I don't know. You could definitely take one out of somebody's hand. Those are the ones you've seen so far. Okay. I think Savannah's going to, like, deep breath and then start heading down the steps. Zach's right behind her. As you guys move over this natural bridge towards these, the caged-in steps, uh, you see a little bit more. The stalactites that are were in your way, or the different columns that were around that were blocking your view, you now have kind of walked around them a little bit, and you see hundreds of people down here. As this river stretches and the, the cavern is widens out, of the hundreds of people you see, maybe only 70 are walking around. The rest are locked away in these dorm cells that seem to be built into caverns. You even see Taxon eating away at other parts of the cavern, but making more room for cells. Most of these cells are blocked off with metal doors with guards stationed outside them near a computer terminal. One of the cells that you see, and then one off in the distance, you can see it on both of these. They have prisoners inside of these cells with the walls made of pure red energy. As soon as Dylan sees one of the first taxons, if she's right next to Savannah, she's going to like super quietly, surreptitiously just like reach out and tap her arm a little. 
And Savannah will like look back at you, like try to discreetly like nod, look back kind of thing. Like her eyes are huge, but she's trying really hard not to give it away. Savannah, again, she's not, she's not great at comforting. She'll try to like very quickly kind of like just reach back and like grab your arm and just like quick, like just a really quick, like squeeze, like it's okay, kind of. Dylan, as you look away from the taxon and see the, these walls made of energy, you notice that the prisoners inside, it's a mix. They're Hork-Bajir, there's humans. There's these little blue creatures that limp to one side that kind of look like apes. You also notice that they shy away from these this energy field. As you look through the field past these people, there's another door in the back, but this one's metal. It's not a force field door. As you guys all notice the energy, you hear in your heads, those are shield wall generators. The chances that they are on to inflict pain on the host that touched are very high. Something that sounds strange amongst the cries and the alien noises is a laugh track coming from a TV in an area. It's You guys look over and you see that this area is not locked down. It's still guarded. There are still people with Dracon beams around and batons. But in this area, there's a few people that seem to be playing pool and air hockey and eating snacks, watching TV, playing video games. There's even somebody that Zach and Savannah recognize sitting on a couch, solemnly holding each other. Our Chief Chapman and his wife. Voluntary controllers. They are given more freedom when they're Yurk's feet. Zach just nods, he doesn't say anything. Savannah doesn't say anything, but she just gets this kind of like look on her face like She's just tasted something disgusting. Yeah, Dylan definitely has like a little flash of rage before she locks that stuff down. There's a huff from Cameron. Zach's just like disappointed. He doesn't make any noise. You move down onto another platform and that leads to the ground. You're in more of a darkish tunnel now but you can see the light ahead, the glow of the cavern that you guys just looked down into is shining into this hallway of cave. As you guys approach the glow more, you see a computer terminal right in front of you and the the hall you are in splits off to the right and left. Is Aximili in any way observing, the, like if I check what he's doing, is he taking a look at this computer console? He's looking at it, yeah, and he's, you guys are still in the shadows. You can see at least him and Cameron are waiting for someone else to make the first move. She's going to look back at him and just kind of, I don't know if he'll get it, but quietly say or mouth the words like anything. Like, is the com- are the computers anything? Uh, in your head, you hear, I may be able to hack into them. I would have to try. And I won't be as fast as normal because I have four less fingers. Missing my eensy and weensy. I hate that so much. Alex hates that so much. Um, She's going to be like, kind of like, for for what? What would you like? 
I would have to access it to see, but I may be able to bring up itineraries. Savannah will just nod, like, okay, and like, and then the plan becomes, what are we going to do to cover him as he's doing this? As he's walking up, he says, I could also hack into the systems. If they have cameras, I could try to reach them from here, unlock doors. He moves forward. Okay. You guys do notice that uh, there are two people to your all's left um, down the cavern a little bit, and they're just walking past. They're walking in, like, the southern direction from the north. Um, yeah, Savannah's just looking around to see what what she can do to cover. Like, basically just still looking for, like, is there stuff that's being moved places? Like, that kind of stuff. Uh, from here, this big wall in front of you is in your way. Uh, you would have to try to, like, move around or peek around it. Savannah's gonna move and try to peek around. You're trying to sneak up, and as you sneak, you just get this, like, dizzy feeling for a second, and you have to put your hand on the wall, and some of the dust kind of falls down and hits the ground. You can keep moving forward if you want. Savannah will continue as far as she can safely without walking into the open, without, like, if there's somebody there stumbling out yeah, directly yeah. out in front of them. Okay, cool. From here, you see those men, just the back of their head. They're just talking, and they're like, yeah, I got about another hour. Same. Do we see any, like, documents or any of those clipboards or anything up near the computer console or anywhere in this room? You check behind the computer. Look underneath it. You don't, you don't see one. All the rest is just cave. Right here, there's not any kind of desks or anything. Then I think that Dylan is going to go down the other way a little bit. Then she's going to go up to that column or something. As you move up, you see one of the bridges with the platforms on it where they're lowering people down. You also see another computer console. There's also a taxon to the very south. Oh, God. Yeah, then she's going to stay really close to that column that she's at. The taxon seems to be occupied with eating part of this wall, this cave wall. My first thought was to, like, try to get up with Max um, and have a look at these computers. Or this large computer with several monitors or whatever it is. Casually step up and uh, look over the shoulder. Is there anything on here that I can recognize and help with? Or is this all just, like, fucking Star Trek gibberish? As he's going on this computer typing and stuff, you see words moving across the screen. Some symbols are foreign to you, like, who knows what that is. It must be some kind of alien font. But you also see some English, some human stuff. What about, I don't know, the desktop? Is there, is this running Windows? You can't tell because he has, like, all kinds of different screens up. You can't tell what operating system it's running. You all hear, I'm in. And Zach, you see him start typing away more. You saw, like, go across the screen, security bypass. I don't think there's anything useful I can do here. So I'm going to um, just kind of trail after Dylan. What Zach was planning to do is kind of stick near some other one other person so that there's at least a buddy system going on and mingle slash 
get near stuff. He knows he's very charismatic, so he's trying to be out in the crowd where he can do the most uh, damage control, basically, if they get kind of caught in question. Savannah is not trying to mingle. Uh, she is looking for either quick jobs that she can get to do, like if she sees people picking up boxes moving in the summer, she's going to follow. But right now, at this very current moment, her only thought is staying right around here and covering for for Axe if anybody starts coming that way. Yeah, Dylan just wants to keep eyes on anybody that she thinks might notice them. Savannah, as you're kind of sticking right here and Cameron's going to be sticking with you and kind of keep the chain of watching out for Max, you see groups of people, Savannah, as you kind of move up. And Dylan, as you're watching, you can kind of peek around your the walls in your way and see kind of the opening there where there are different lines. You can see the lines forming towards the river. You can see that energy field. Savannah, a few things that you'll notice. You notice more people that you recognize. You see your principal, Soraki, just out in the middle. And you also see Joan Reese. So Reese's mom. Uh, Joan Reese seems to be walking around. You do see Adam Reese, though, behind the force field walls. Adam Reese is Reese's dad. Whoa. Okay. Well, shit. <laughs> God, this, there's a lot of fucking people we know. <laughs> yeah, I think Savannah will just kind of, like, turn back to... Like, kind of pull back so she's a little more hidden, like, next to Cameron. And just, like, point out, like, that's that's Reese's mom and the principal. Reese's dad. Oh, I can't... We can't let them see us. No, we can't. They moving? They weren't moving. Hmm. Shit. Yeah. I have gotten into the databases, um, but it seems my skills in hacking aren't as great as I thought they were, so I can't do anything from here, but terminals all around here have access to those, to the different doors. I can easily, within 10 seconds, unlock a, a, one of the blast doors, but the shield wall generators will take me longer. I'd have to do it from three different terminals if there are any blocking our ways. So I was able to pull up some, the feeding itinerary. Visser 3 is scheduled to feed today. Savannah's gonna tell Cameron, keep lookout, stay hidden, and kind of backtrack towards Aximili. But also, while she's doing that, how high up do those force fields go? Floor to ceiling? There's like a crevice built out into the wall of the cave. So the top is cave, the sides are cave, and then there's one column that separates two force fields. How high? 30 feet. And it's a natural system, correct? Yeah. There are alterations to some parts of it, but most of the walls seem to be pure cave. Looking around, what can we see animal-wise? Like, is there any evidence or seeing bats, termites, mice, cave, any cave-dwelling creatures? As you look around up top, 
you don't see bats, but you do notice that, and I can't explain this to you in real life because I'm Austin and I don't know a whole lot about a lot, but <laughs> you do see like, there's traces of bat guano. There's less of it than it should be. And I would say with your knowledge of animals, you can probably figure out that that's because there's the water source is no longer, is not a water source to them anymore. There's a lot of noise and people in here, machines and lights and they were here, like but they've been disrupted. As far as tracks from other animals, you do notice some like mouse and, and rat tracks. They're also like they don't run out into the middle too much. Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's going to backtrack towards accidentally. Did I hear the thought speak from Max? Yes. I'm going to walk over towards Dylan. Um, hey, I'm going to go back and help. See if I can help Max. I don't know if I can. Um, you probably want to hang back some. And then... Zach's going to kind of walk away. He's trying to look real cash. Dylan, you like look as he starts to walk back and you quickly glance and you see this taxon eating into the wall but your eye catches a clipboard on this computer over here and the one uh, across the river with the taxon there okay all right zach you rejoin max and you see savannah approaching as well uh so i'm just gonna kind of be like um where are you running into trouble maybe i can do something now this, I can't access anything from this computer anymore. Sorry. Oh, did you get yourself locked out? Yeah. But I, with to, with another computer, the possibilities are endless. There's one right down the hallway, and then I guess at that point is about when Savannah would be walking up. And I'm just going to be like, yo, there's another terminal this way. Um... I might be able to help Max, and then we working together. Maybe we can do something. We can maybe we can see if there's a, a room marked Visitor Three <laughs> or something. Axmilly, what did you find out about the feeding schedule? He is scheduled to feed today. That is all it had. It didn't have the pool number. It didn't have any locations or what time. He was just has a feeding scheduled today okay all right here's what i'm thinking we all have bat morphs so if we could there were bats in this cave system and mice too so we can maybe divide and conquer keep a tabs on Aximili as he gets to a different computer keep guard over him the rest of us can then communicate via thought speak and we can use our echolocation to try and find the room where visitor three may be or maybe going to, or has already gone to. This is really... Timing would be helpful. I can try again from another computer. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. It's it's not your fault. I'm just more irritated that the Yurks don't keep better schedules. They are... idiots. All of them. Alright. Where do you... Do you want me going bat or mouse, or do you want me with Max? She's just pausing to think for a second about this, and then I think she's going to say, 
what is the likelihood that you could get something in the computer system that Max would not already know how to hack? Really depends on how the system's set up. I mean, if there's two people, two technicians working on the same terminal, I don't know how that would look down here. I could show Zach how to do it. Maybe that could help. He is very competent with your human technology. Yes, he is. Alright, let's give it a shot. We'll get three of us covering the two of you for now. And then if it will be to our advantage to change from there, we will. And then... Just gotta find a little bit of cover to morph in. So I think what Savannah's gonna do at that point is try to find a place to morph and then do kind of a rotation where she'll go get Cameron to come back and morph. Once they're going, they can both cover. Dylan can come back and morph. So Savannah will try and find like a spot in this cavern. The best place that you see that you have immediate access to is right behind you in that tunnel where it was dark. Yeah, she'll just go back into the tunnel, like back there and start morphing to bat. And I think much to everyone's delight, but mostly Savannah's, the very first thing to come in is the rearranging of all the teeth to go sparse. And then the big little fangs come in. <laughs> just because that seems fun to me. Uh, but then the absolute disgusting cracking of the fingers elongating, like just human fingers elongating, like very Slenderman-esque as they come out, and then the kind of skin that's like stretching down with them and expanding between them as they go. The fine layer of hair all over the body, and then the nose just like grossly like going into like pig shape almost, and then like upturning, and then it all shrinks down together. It's dark all around you, and then you let out this burst, and even though you have some vision, this this comes back and gives you a more clear picture of all the caverns, and you can even kind of see around walls almost. Uh, Dylan. Um, Dylan's still been over there watching for any sort of movement or anything that everybody else is doing. Max will private thought speak and relay the Sweet. messages to you. But you do see this this taxon. He comes out for a second. You're still stealth. You're still good and behind a, a wall. And he like kind of looks around, but then walks back in and goes a little bit deeper in. Has he been doing that semi-regularly? It seems like he was working on this area for like while you've watched him. That's the first time you saw him come out. But he, he went back in and you can kind of hear the grinding start again. Okay, okay. Um, then she's going to sort of withdraw and go back over to the group and get ready to, to do her morphing. By this time, Savannah, you're finishing up your morph. It does, again, take you like a, the full minute plus a couple of seconds. Cameron like kind of looks at you, Dylan, and he just kind of nods for you to go ahead. All right, yeah, then she, she does. She does her little shrinking thing and becomes a cute little bat. Same with Cameron as as you guys let out these bursts. He's like, hell yeah, this is going to be so fun. I want to be Batman. She'll just do a quick mental calculation and then say like, Zach, make sure that he doesn't lose control of that. Yeah, sure. And then he'll kind of like watch Cameron. He starts to change. You guys hear the echolocation just burst out and then burst out again. He's like, oh shit. Hey, I can do this as much as I want. Burst out, burst out. 
Uh, and then Savannah will will be speaking like to the whole group, but like directed at Axemillion Zach. All right, all of us are bat and ready to cover you. And then here's what we see. And she'll relay like the she knows the computer terminal is off towards like where Dylan and Zach just were. So she'll relay that, including like the tax. And I assume she saw with echolocation. Yeah, and then Dylan will add that there's a clipboard on that station, and the Texan just went back in the tunnel after doing whatever little break thingy that he's done. Zach just nods. Alright, um, shall we? Let's do it. Nice. Yeah, Zach will, uh, just sort of start casually walking. He's not gonna try to sneak. He's just gonna, like I belong here. Uh, Max will walk by you like he does too. Can we help him as well, just by relaying back what we're observing from like the other Yerks and like what the people that seem in, in charge, what they're doing? You can help him avoid people or go to the right spaces. Okay, so you left your clipboard on this terminal, right? And you said it was giving you some kind of trouble, like a password issue. Okay, we can we can sort that out. Like he's just talking it gibberish. Yeah. He stumbles over his words for a second, but then he catches on and he's like, My clipboard? Ah, yes, what these humans use to write things. It tasted terrible. Yeah, I hate the way it... <laughs> <laughs> they are not delicious. Wait a minute. It's not a normal thing to eat, and I know that because I am also a normal person. We should take the bridge. Excellent choice. Katie, well, or I guess Katie's Yerk, gave us its designation at some point, right? Lexar 454. I'm just going to refer to Max as um, Lexar 252. I'm just going to recycle the same number. My pool name. Yeah, of course. We've known each other for some time. Yes. We've been working together as technicians. In our role in the Yurk Empire, obviously. And of course, you know me as um, Motley112. Yes, everything you say is right. I, I know. This Hork-Bajir like, kind of looks over and sees you, watches you as you approach. Zach's gonna just... Hey. Hey. I didn't pass him. He looks at you, and he says, Who are you? And he kind of leans forward a little bit, and his, like, snaky head. He uh, steps off the bridge, and he says, Did you come from the emergency entrance? This court monsieur can talk. Talks real good. Talks all right. Um, yeah, there was uh, there's some sort of an emerging issue with the terminal over here. Lexar252 just came and got me and told me, so we're heading down here to work on it together. Yes, the bypass fluid flux capacitor made an explosion inside and it sparked the wrong wire. And that is true. Come, show me. And he looks over his shoulder to the other Horkbush here and he says, Gar flashbuck, this goes technical issue. So this dude was definitely on guard duty, right? He wasn't just standing around. He was guarding the bridge. I saw him there earlier. 
he was at the bridge, yeah, with the the prisoners. He seems to not be the one that's going down on the platform, but the one that stays on the bridge. I'm going to move Dylan. I think that Dylan would have swooped up to be over the console that she was watching previously. You get there before them, um, and you can start to gnaw at it. When he says, show me, Zach's going to pull a confused and then sort of like, are you for real look? And go, show you, you're on guard duty. Why would I show you something that is part of my designation? I've seen interactions before between like Quark Bajir and stuff. Can I repeat like a thing I've heard before, like a technical jargon I've heard at like a previous like experience? Like, yeah, they had a hologram thing happening with Visitor 3 where like they couldn't hear like something going on. I'll say, mention there's issues with the hologram systems as well. Remember, they were having problems with the sounds on that before. Uh, yeah, so then just at that, I'm going, okay, fine, pop quiz. Do you even know how to fix an audio lag issue with a holographic system? Uh, and then I'm just going to stand there. Uh, yeah, why don't you stay on guard duty? Let me handle my job and you handle yours. Yes, yes, sir. And he, and he looks over at the controller that's beside him. You! And he grabs him and just throws him, like, towards, like, down the bridge more. And then this one says, Frederick, Frederick is your name. <laughs> Frederick, this human is not even off the bridge yet. Don't throw another. Uh, I'm just flustered. I don't care. And then he throws this human off the bridge. He throws somebody off the bridge? Well, to the next guy that's going to take him away, yeah. If this dipshit is done trying to fucking overstep his boundary... I will move back down to the terminal we were going to with a little swagger this time. As you're you're crossing this bridge, you do notice him like eye you and look to the human that's on the the computer and like kind of push him away and just push some buttons in. And when you get to the end of this bridge, this Hortbajir that's beside you walks back onto the bridge. This human gets escorted this way down this tunnel. There's a wall right here that's blocking you from that terminal so you just have to find the way around it Cameron would probably be the closest can he echolocate that area he can echolocate it and he'll go right here to do that this does lead into like some small tunnels think of like archways that extend back you can see where the cavern opens back up as Cameron echolocates he'll say these corridors they lead in different directions I think there's one that you can go down to the right to get where you're, you're trying to go. All the bats hear another burst of an echo location, and he says, Ah, uh, there's some of those long centipede taxon things in there, though. All right, yeah, we'll just carry on with some confidence. Confidence waning, but I'm trying to remain. <laughs> like, I'm trying to keep the swagger. All right, as you move uh, down... There's like some steps, natural steps right in front of you. You go down those a little bit. There's just like three big ones to like another little opening that has hallways. Uh, one to your right. Dylan, you flitter over to this console that you saw the clipboard on. She's just trying to like observe and time this taxon thingy for when it's coming back out. Actually, can I like crawl over the console and look at the, try to look at the Clipboard. You're kind of like trying to get in the right position. This is a flight list. 
and it, it doesn't have like planes on it. It has uh, spaceships. You see, there are only two flights scheduled for today. One was a bug ship early this morning. Okay. The next is the blade ship, but it doesn't have a time. It's just blink after that. It doesn't have. So there's a spot where the time is supposed to be, and mm-hmm. it's just got a slash through it. It hasn't been checked that it has departed, so it is okay. still. Um, she's definitely going to tell Savannah all that. Is there an arrival, Jack? As you look back to it, there's arrival times on both of them. The bug ship, it looks like it's been parked. It's been here for three days. The blade ship just got back in yesterday. Okay. Yeah, if you relay that back. Yeah. That's... Okay, cool. So he's still potentially here. Still potentially caught. Okay. And then Savannah's just waiting for Zack and Eximily to get to this console. Zack, as you look down this corridor to the right, you see chunks of wall and rock just flying over the shoulders of a few taxons that seem to be digging out part of the wall. Three of them. (laughs) I'm just going to try to move past them. Like, push past them. Are they taking up the whole hallway? They're, like, in the wall, kind of eating the wall up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to ignore them and just move past them. It works because they're busy. They don't look They don't look over their shoulders. I understand. Yeah. The tongues flick at you as you walk past them, but they go back to eating the wall. Like, they, want, they seem like they want to go eat you, but they don't. Zach, as you, you get out to this, this bank by the Yerk River, you see a tiny bat reading off of a clipboard I'm gonna just get over there and like immediately try to get on the other side and like hide the bat with my body and then just be like hey move (laughs) get out of the way anything that like looks recognizable I'm gonna start trying to work on as you like press the first button to kind of open up open up the windows and stuff there is like a password screen and Axe says hit all ellipses that's how they do it at Yerks. That's how they do it at Yerks. They have a ellipsy button? Okay. It doesn't mean that. It means bypass in Yerk. Oh. And get. They got it from the gets. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. So, yeah, he does that. He hits alt ellipse. Brings up a screen where you can type. Alright, now you want to run the program to... Uh, run different algorithms to find the correct passcode. And to do that, you just... Oh, yeah. Okay, just a brute force, got it. And then, um... Yes, you're right. Brute force breakthrough. That's what you humans call it. We call it a smash and grab. You see access denied. I wonder where you went wrong. And he looks through. Ah, it's here. Do I have my phone? Yep. Is there a way I can connect my phone to this terminal? There is. Max, if I connect my phone to this, is there going to be a way they'll be able to tell that I did that? Probably, if they looked for it. Whether they would just notice it? Um, maybe, but... Maybe I can create some sort of isolated place for it to connect. Ah, uh, proxy. Yeah. Uh, so he'll try to do that. Try to figure out how to do that. 
do that in the computer. I will help you. Uh, you managed to bypass the system through your phone, but now your phone is connected to this computer. Trying to isolate that information <laughs> while Max is trying to do other stuff so he can get in. You try to do the thing where you kind of isolate your phone's ID or whatever to this and you feel like you did pretty good but it, it just didn't work. Can I just try again? Be careful. If you try again, you may crash the computer and then they will definitely know something's up. Yeah, at this point, Savannah's gonna pipe in. Assuming she can hear all this, because she is right there watching out for, like, tax and shit. I think she'll say, remember, this is a stealth mission. We are not taking risks. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I had to use my phone to break into this computer. If I cannot isolate my phone's information, then they'll know that my phone was connected to this computer. Which creates an issue. It creates a huge issue. So, can you not just un... Plug it and leave it? Uh, it's already unplugged. The issue is that it's still... Uh, the data is still there. Okay, so you need to figure out a way to remove the data from there? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Okay, I'll keep looking out. Okay, so the phone's disconnected at this point. Once more, I'm gonna roll. Try to do a reset. I'm so nervous, you guys. <laughs> Alright. Here we go. With the reset of the profile, you wipe your phone's information from the computer, and you're still in. It was a success. Zach acts like it's no big deal. Of course it was. Uh, Deep thought speak sigh from Savannah. <laughs> Savannah knows he's full of shit. Everyone else is like, oh, he's so cool and confident. So Zach's um, kind of like just kind of helping Max wherever he can. Uh, and also like learning as much as he can about your technology or whatever amalgamation of other species technologies the Yurks are using. As you guys are looking through, you get the schematics of at least this part of the Yurk River. It just brings up like a general map and where things are in this area. So you know that there is like the staging area where that's where they're moving the gear back and forth. And the lines are, that's where they get ready to take them to the to the platform to reinfest or de-infest. The newly constructed um, dorm cells, and that's the ones with the force fields. And then the old ones... Uh, those are up here, and then they they sit, like, on the north wall. And the, the ones with the metal doors sit, like, on the southern wall of the Yerk River. Like, one side has the big dorm ones, the other side has the smaller ones with the blast doors. And then there's the voluntary controller area. Further down, there's there seems to be a room that says private pool. It looks to be a smaller room. Further on, there is private platforms to the river, and even further, another construction zone, and then more towards the northeast, there sits at just a war, it says war council room. And we have that, we have a map of that? You do. Zach, we'll just say, hey, 
Dylan, ask Van if it's cool for me to take a picture of this. She asked Savannah if it's okay. Like what, with your phone? Yeah. Uh, accidentally, is there any way that that could cause them to, like, automatically, I don't know, associate it with this area? He looks over the computer first, and then he says, there's nothing on the computer that will sense it, but if it may be apparent if it is saw, if it is seen by some of the Yerks, this, this is down here. Never mind. But they would have to see it. Okay, just in case. No risks. Exmilly, how good is your recall of imagery? I know time is good. Pretty good. Will you be able to retrace this when we get back? He looks at it. Yes. Okay, so we in a way have a picture. Perfect. I cannot draw very well. To Zach, Dylan's gonna be like, uh, Zach, do you have any sort of remote access VPN Trojans on your phone that you can drop on there? thinking about that, but um, I'm kind of worried about Traceback. I mean, I could. I'd have to reconnect my phone. I was going to see if there's any like tech that exists here that we can easily exploit next time if we're prepared for it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if we could get back and remote in quickly, we could get any trace off. I kind of want to just bring, like, a USB full of that kind of stuff next time around. Okay, that makes sense. That's not traceable to my phone. Some other just technical shit, uh, like, they've got schematics. So that, does that mean that they have detailed explanations of, like, how the shield generators work and how the, the, the doors work and all that kind of stuff? Because I want to see if there's any weaknesses that we can look for and exploit in the future. What you're looking at right now is just a map. It's just where the corridors and go and like it will label the rooms and stuff as you look through there's no way that it tells you like this is how you disassemble or break the the doors and stuff like that but it tells you to turn off the blast doors you need two remote keys activated and then the key closest to the console blast doors you can open with the computer closest to them they require like you know credentials and stuff but you you think that you can probably hack into those like you did this one and and make them work so initially i was looking for like a blueprint of the actual machinery like an exploded view or diagrams or even wiring schematics or something like that uh but with this information i'm just gonna go hey max do you know kind of like what like are these these keys that they're looking for are these physical keys or are they are they digital i believe they would be digital are they encrypted? Can you, do you know what the bit encryption would be? We might be able to spoof one. Or several. Or create a massive spoofing system that just runs through everything and deactivates the whole area. That would be very impressive. And he kind of looks at the screen and is looking what you're looking at and he says, oh no, this, I believe what this means is the digital keys are to one door. So if you use, if you want to open that shield wall generator... You would need to activate it from this console and this console and then that console to open it. Right. I'm I'm proposing a system where we send out a massive burst of data that hits all the consoles with a whole bunch of spoofed keys and then all of them happen at once. 
We could try. That is seems very complicated. But we we could try. Just an idea. I guess Yerks and Andalites may not have had to deal with like people trying to spoof video games. <laughs> but Yerks don't believe you know, in humans are pretty humans are pretty good at this kind of you know. Uh, How can they not data, believe in like, video software. games? They exist. They are naive. They're real. Dylan. Hey, I know I'm not like technical like the rest of you guys, but did you not mention that they had mapped out the staging areas for the supplies that they're putting in the room? Would that not be going to the blade ship? Uh, I start looking for manifests, like immediately. Savannah is not like watch she's listening but she is not watching what you guys are doing she is on high alert for anybody approaching like she is very very like actively looking dylan you hear one of these this slithering sound coming towards max and and zach as this taxon is moving forward uh dylan's gonna be like guys the it, it's coming toward you it's, it's about time to wrap it up take the clipboard with you when you go Zach nods. Uh, so, kind of loudly, uh, Zach is going to be like, Alright, I think that I've fixed your foolish mistake. Don't let it happen again. And uh, he's going to start closing out of everything. Yes, a visitor. Oh, shit. What a, what a fucking promotion. Uh, oh, he's going to start closing out of shit and kind of just deleting any evidence they were there as quick as he can. As you do that, this... You see a taxon slither out, and he looks at you, and he looks to Max. And he slithers back in. Savannah, as you're flitting around up here, you hear a speaker, come o- a loudspeaker come over, and it makes you like kind of perk up and pay attention. And a voice announces, Visser on the ground. As, like, that kind of makes you pay attention and you, like, kind of look around, sing out echolocation bursts. Sure enough, you see coming from a passageway to the northwest corner. You saw those guards at at, the, at first. Two red-sashed Hork-Bajirs walk out with a, a bald white man in a suit in between them. Savannah is immediately going to say... Zach and Aximili, we have to get you out of here. You can't morph with the phones and having to go to Andalite. So your job now is to get out of here. Do not get caught. We will cover you. And then Dylan, Cameron, you guys are with me once we get them up and walking back to the tunnel in the gap. And we are going to watch where he goes and observe. Zach nods without saying anything. (sighs) Grabs a clipboard and starts back down this corridor. But on his way, he's... I'm going to look around for other exits besides the one we initially came in, just in case there's one that's closer and whatever. Uh, I'm looking for for people on guard near doors or people that are leaving. And Savannah is not leaving him. She's still covering them until they are out. That is more important. So she is echolocating those tunnels and helping. As you walk into this room, you kind of look around and you see just more caverns back this way. Whether there's exits there, this is an opening down here, but you don't know where it leads. Also another cavern here that you don't really know where it leads. And then this leads up into like where the voluntary controllers are. Yeah, I'm not going that direction. I'm not going towards my neighbors. 
that knowledge along with the schematics that you had, you know that there are probably exits that way. But the exit you know is this way. God damn it. We're just going to go back out the way we came in. As you get out here, you do see everybody kind of watching this man as he moves further and further down. And as he walks, he starts to take off his jacket, his suit jacket. And all of you guys can see this. A slow smile creeps across his face. As this man takes off his jacket, he hands it to one of the red sash torquemagiers and starts to unbutton his shirt. And he says, all of you stay on task. I don't want any further delays in getting the river ready for our, more of our people. He pulls his shirt off. Also hands that to a Ged that's kind of following behind him. And Joan Reese walks up to him. Visser, uh, you have a visitor in the far corridor just down the hall. This Visser, too, he wants to hear the progress on the Andalite bandits. He is becoming a bigger thorn in my side every day. I will meet with him and then head to the mothership to feed. Get it all in order, 548. This shouldn't take long. And with that, he unbuckles his pants. And drops him. And just standing there in his underwear. He then starts to change. His eyes widen and his ass begins to shoot backwards. It gets dummy thick. He begins to fall forward off balance. Before he can fall all the way, his uh, two deer-like legs shoot out of his lower midsection to catch him. When he raises his head from the sudden jolt forward, his mouth is gone and... His nose is replaced with three slits, three vertical slits. His eyes, Zach, his eyes are a yellowish red, and two stalks start to grow out of his head. And at the end, there are two spears. And suddenly, erupting from his body all at once, blue and tan fur sprouts. And then the, the spears on the top of his head, on the top of the stalks that are on his head, seem to peel the skin back, revealing uh, eyes in each one of them. The eyes blink as the morph is complete. And standing in this room, the only Andalite to ever be made into a controller, Visser 3. And he keeps moving down this way as he's leaving uh, Joan. Savannah's continuing to tell them, like, accidentally, Zach, we're getting you out of here. And then Dylan Cameron, we're going to have to try and listen to that conversation. About the time that Visser 3 said, all of you keep about your tasks, Zach nodded and then just kept going. <laughs> like he had stopped, I guess, because everyone else probably had stopped. But when he says that, we just start moving back across the bridge. You walk past these hork on the bridge... They don't say anything to you. And as you get here, you are in the uh, Visser's view line. Like, he could see you if he's paying attention. He doesn't seem to be concerned with the likes of you. You know, some lowly York river worker as you keep moving. And you're out of sight. Off we go. Savannah and Dylan, you guys 
are kind of fluttering over this area. The Visser and his Hork-Majeers walk down a little bit, but then change directions and kind of go to the uh, east direction, to the right. Keep triangulating over them while staying, like, hidden high up amongst, like, the, the stalactites that are on the ceiling. Being up here with the stalactites, it, it is, there is good cover for you guys. It's easier to stay hidden. Dylan, you flutter a little bit low, and then Cam's like, hey, Dylan, maybe, maybe you should come up a little bit. And... You rejoin them, and you guys seem, you guys think that you're, you're pretty hidden up here. We should try and land when they stop moving, just to stay further hidden. They'll keep moving down this, down the river. You guys can keep following them. He get, they do get to this bridge and start to cross it. Zach and Max. We were told to get out, so we're trying to get out. I want to get far enough away that. If we really need to, we can stash this clipboard and then maybe Mark can come back. Clipboard and clothes and everything else, you know. If, if you go into, like, that hallway and then, like, move up the steps, you will be away for a little while. Max, ask Van if she wants us to come back as bats or just leave. Savannah, would you like us to return as bats or just get out of here? No, get get what you have, get the information you have, and get out of here. Hopefully we'll be behind you quickly. When he relays that, I'll just say, like, I really don't like leaving them. Yes, um, I, I get that sentiment. Sometimes you have to trust, trust them to do their job. Jack sighs and just nods and then, I guess, exits... Stage left. As you go into this darker area, there's a slow thought as like Max looks at his hand as he brings it up and then pats you on the back with it. There, there. And he walks with you. And you guys get back up to that metal tunnel after a little while. Savannah, Dylan, Cameron, you guys keep following the viscer. And still hidden up in the, in the stalactites. He crosses the bridge, keeps moving south. As he gets to the area where the voluntary controllers are, he moves down a small corridor of this built out of these caves. It ain't great. You lose him as he enters into one of these corridors from off that is in a cavern off from the involuntary controller. I don't want all of us flying in that corridor. I think three of us in such an enclosed space would be extremely obvious. Perhaps one of us can give it a quick shot and be ready to turn around. And I can do that. Like Savannah's not trying to like force them to be like, which one of you wants to be my sacrificial lamb today? So she'll immediately offer up like that can be me. Yeah, and if you don't see anything, we can go one at a time and see what each of us can get. Okay, but we don't go far, and we stay back. We're not trying to get hurt just to hear a conversation that may or may not help us. Got it. And then Savannah will split it. You drop down, and 
the the right angle the only way that you could get in is you had to skim just past a human controller's head and if you didn't hit it just right he was going to notice you he's playing this air hockey table but you duck right behind him him none the wiser both him and the uh, person he's playing with so engrossed into this air hockey game you fly in and you see the visser and his his guard following him so as you go through this arch it leads to another corridor that opens up into like a small room and in the room you see a pool in there a man standing a computer to the to the north wall and a man in the pool submerged in the pool with his head like leaning to the side uh, this is a yerk pool and as you get in here you kind of fly down and kind of are kind of fluttering around in this first area and you see them getting to the end of it going out into another open area you see the visitor and his crew if i think i can guide cameron and dylan through safely enough i will ask one of them to come through with me and the other one to still keep watch where they are because like right now i'm imagining we're getting close to where they're going to have that conversation and if i can kind of string them out so that we have somebody like watching all in somebody listening to the conversation i'll do that if i don't think i can get somebody safely through there by guiding them just telling them directions i won't ask that i'd say um if you move a little bit forward you could get a better idea as you move forward and they move forward you see the yerk river flow again right in front of you in this opening but as you kind of look back you think you could probably tell them how to duck down in here the entrance is narrow but then it opens up so that the part you need to just thread the needle through is is a short part uh if it's looking like it opens up so it's only one small part where we're dipping down i have eyes on the inside they have eyes on the outside we can determine when the like it's clear there's nobody trying to pass through there and when hopefully attention at least on my side where attention's waning i think i could potentially get one of them through here so i will tell them very clearly I'll tell you when no one is looking towards the doorway here and when no one is approaching the doorway here, I need one of you through here. It's just a quick duck down and then into this open space. Just dive under the door and there's three feet of rock and then you're up into an open area right on the other side. With those directions, Dylan, you think you could probably do it, but it's there's it's still a little bit unclear exactly like the dimensions and even your echolocation there's something in here fucking with it. Maybe the some kind of vibrations that are coming from this pool. Okay, well, Savannah's getting too far away for her comfort, so she's still going to try it, no matter what. You go to shoot this, uh, thread this needle. You're flying down, and you, like, miscalculate just a little bit, and you're going to run right into this guy's face. And as you do, his opponent smacks the hockey puck, and it hits his fingers that are, like, leaned over the side of it and he like curls down and cr clutches his fingers and goes ah as you float right above his head and slide into this corridor spread your wings back and catch the air and you're in here you see savannah flitting around too that was close dylan's like hey so good good instructions on the cavern and everything but the guys playing uh air hockey that was that was something yeah yeah they Enthusiastic. Hey, should I try this thing? No, stay out there because nope. you're going to have to watch for our escape route. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Don't go too far. Uh, good, good luck. 
We're not going to go out of thought speak range. If they travel beyond that, stop following this. I gotta stay above the river. You guys keep moving through and you see the Visser and his crew come to another bridge. As you guys fly out into this space, behind you, you see a guard and a man on a computer terminal and a door. To the north, you see another computer terminal, a bridge and a platform. To the right, you see a taxon milling around, eating walls and other rocks and looking gross. They go across the bridge. Savannah, you you hear the noises of the Yerk River, like the everything, the uh, voluntary controllers, the staging area, all that. You hear it coming from back and you see like the river flowing through that way. Dylan, you see Cameron. You see him, the little bat flittering around the roof as you kind of, as you guys get above this river. You'll see Cameron kind of flitter around. He doesn't seem to see you all though, as he flies. So it connects that way to the pool where we just left Cameron then? The river does. That's what you can kind of deduce from that. Okay. Uh, when I see Cameron there, I'm not, it's not going to be like, oh, I see you when I'm letting you know, it'll be like, hey, Cameron, I can, I see you floating out there. When you get a chance, try and get somewhere and stay still to be less noticeable. Gotcha. And you see him kind of flitter out of view. And then a second later, he flitters back in view and goes to the top and just hangs there. Uh, he's he's going to be right there until you guys tell him otherwise. As you guys echolocate, you can kind of see some stuff. They all walk up this little bridge thing, and it leads to, like, a higher level. This Ged stays out here. Port Majeers stop here, and the Visser keeps moving. When the Hork stop, do they stop, like, and, like, turn, like they're guarding? They do. They stop and cross their arms and kind of look out. There are also two human guards there with Dracon beams on their hips. Dylan, that looks like the spot where they might be having the meeting, but there's four guards there. I think you should get to the ceiling and stay still, and I'm going to attempt it. Absolutely. And Dylan is going to swoop up, I think, probably toward the corner, like go over the river and up toward the corner where nobody can see her, but she can see sort of into that hallway a little bit. And Savannah, you're just going in. I'm going to be looking. I'm going to try to see, like, the best route, the highest point above all of their heads. And I'm going to try to pick my moment. If I see any good way, then I'm going to relay that to her as well. As you get to right there, you can kind of see the path. Hey, Savannah, there are um, the, the, the Viceroy Visser guy thingy is off to the right. Um... And he's talking to somebody else? Okay. I will just try to get just past the guards and listen in. Okay, perfect. You duck down and you see the uh, path that Dylan told you to take and you curve and like bank through the stalactites. Luckily, this one does not see you. Luckily. What the fuck, Austin? <laughs> Isn't it two hork two dudes? Two hork two dudes in it. A Ged is out there, technically. The next one does see you and, like, watches you fly past him. 
he does like look up and watch you. Okay, uh, so there's still stalactites, right? Like on the ceiling. <laughs> Savannah's pod racing through there, like just basically trying to stay up as high as she can, and like literally she gets not like if the hallway to the visitors from the guards is. 20 feet long, she's going to the 10 foot point and flipping upside down and staying still. This Hort-Majir does keep his eye on you. You look and you see standing in front of Visser 3 is the towering, bulky cyborg eye patch with the red light on his eye. Hort-Majir, Visser 2 by him is another Hort-Majir with a green sash. And Savannah's relaying everything she hears back to Dylan and Cameron as well. If Savannah dies here, the information doesn't die with her. <laughs> as like he approaches Visser 2, Visser 3 says, on cocky open thought sweet, Visser, you caught me just at the right time. I was about to head to the mothership to feed when I received your summons. How can I help the efforts of the Empire? By doing your duty. By stomping out the Andalite bandits. Your words seem eager to help, but your actions have proved lackluster. Do you have anything new to report? Visser Three's eyes narrow. His tone doesn't change, though. I have uh, taken control of the situation. We believe they're hiding out in the woods near the crash site. They arrived on scene quickly. We also believe that they may have human morphs. I have my best soldiers looking. You seem to believe some things, but know nothing. You have an army on your side. How many do they have? My sources believe that there are very- Another theory. Your methods seem to be failing you, Visser. If you like, I can bring in my soldiers and eradicate your problem for you. Again. I wouldn't want to impose on your operation unless requested, if you can't get it done. Savannah, you see Visser 3's tailblade twitch, and Visser 2 sees it as well. Or if you have other methods you want to try, I'm open to suggestions. Visser 2 spreads his arms wide, and a cocky smile spreads halfway across his Hort-Bajir face. Visser 3 is seething but it takes a deep breath and relaxes his tail some. That will not be necessary. We're on top of the situation, and the Andalite scum will be taken care of within the week. Doubtful. On another note, I will be off-world for a time, and I'm leaving some of my troops here to assess what happens while I'm gone. The 13 will be checking on your progress very soon. Give me something to show them, or I assure you, this planet will be taken from your control and given to someone more competent. Yes, I will. No more words. Visser 2 walks up and he gets right beside Visser 3's face and into his ear. He says, I tire of your excuses. Bring results or I'll remove you from your position myself. He looks the Andalite up and down once more and with a huff of steam from his nostrils, he walks out of the room. A green sash. Hork Bajir following him. Visser 3 waits until Visser 2 is gone. 
slams his hands down on a nearby desk. Papers and clipboards flying. As Visser 3 slams his hands down on the desk, another non-sashed Hort-Bajir, you see him running up, Dylan. This does make the red-sashed Hort-Bajir take his eye off you, Savannah. And he's making his way towards the room. The human guards will like look at him. The red-sashed Hort-Bajirs will stop him. But he'll kind of look past to the Visser. And the Visser nods. They let him pass. The new Hort-Bajir says, Visser. Your ship is ready to depart to the mothership. Thwack! The Hort Bajir head thuds to the ground. Thank you, that will be all. The Visser turns his head and heads back out the way he came. The red sashed Hort Bajir following. I'm telling everybody that. Uh... He's going away, he's moving. If there's a way for you guys to stealthily follow him from high up, don't get close. One of the hork already spotted me. I'll be out once this, what's the opening of this hallway is clear. Dylan, you watch as they come back down and cross under where you are. Mm-hmm. And as they go back down this ramp, instead of heading back towards the bridge, they go north into a different corridor. Um, I think that she's gonna think out to Savannah and say, hey, do you want me to see how far I can get with them? I don't want you to take any unnecessary risks at this point. We've got a lot of information. I think we could just go if it's going to be a risk. Okay. And she's going to swoop toward Savannah and Cameron. As the viscer breaks away and you guys know your way around, you can stay close to the ceiling. You can even fly to the ledge that you guys saw from before and just go there if you want. Cool. Morph and continue down the hallway. Zach, you've made it out into the mall successfully. Yeah. I'm at Baskin Robbins, baby. I'm having a fucking bowl. Oh, you should see Max. 